position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which everyone, total meritocracy, everyone, regardless of size, amount of money, regardless of amount of developers, and prospective sales, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know. Uh, join us on Steam and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news. We have the latest titles that we are interested in. Of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews. And then we have, of course, everyone's favorite, the deals. Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Hello, friends and neighbors. Welcome to episode number 219 of the Best Linux Games Podcast, being recorded for you on this Friday, the 4th of January at, uh, 0846 hours. Uh, Pacific Coast time, left coast time, close to the most, that would make it, yeah, 846 a.m. Oh, yeah, for our sequel friends, that would make it, uh, 2019. Happy New Year, motherfuckers. 0104. Uh, yes, indeed. Um, crack engineer, Ivor Molina over there in the booth, uh, holding up the whiskey sign. That's a good idea. Drink, 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 good. Mm, let's try that. Mmm. Mm. Whoa. <laughs> Nothing like the first one of the day. Ah. Alright, so let's get straight to our top stories. Um, we're gonna have like kind of a super chill show for you this week and cause we survived, we made it, we made it through New Year's. It's fucking unbelievable. But our top stories, first of all, of course, happy new year. One weird thing though, this is episode number two hundred and nineteen. Last week's episode was number two hundred and eighteen. 
which only makes sense because we try to keep our our podcast numbered sequentially because <laughs> otherwise it's madness um, but here's the weird thing because it's not that weird but it's just weird to me because I am I am a slow small minded person with limited intellect and doubly limited capabilities of logically uh, contemplating the mysteries of the universe so last week's episode was episode 218 which was our last episode of 2018 this week's episode is episode 219 the first episode of two uh, of of 2019 that's that can't ever. I mean, fuck. I was I was sitting up last night, getting stoned out of my mind. And I was terribly tempted to get out of my uh, my hammock, come over here, and write a little script to figure out how often that would happen um, if we missed no episodes. But anyway, it's never gonna happen again. I'm pretty sure. Um, so happy episode 219, happy 2019 we made it, awesome and like I said, we're going to take it easy this week um because frankly I need it um, so we're just going to do a review of Metal Gear Solid 5, so Ivor oh, you're fired Ivor, you should have thought of that before Ivor, why don't you baste him with the uh, yeah, hit him, hit him with it In accordance with the laws and regulations regarding the internet within your local jurisdiction, Best Linux Games Podcast now presents you with a dose of clap. Just kidding, motherfuckers. It's review time. So, as I mentioned, uh, we will be reviewing Metal Gear Solid V The Phantom Pain. Now, some caveats to this. If you've been listening to this show for all four fucking years, then, oh my god, I pity you and I apologize uh, extremely for all the pain, emotional torture, and uh, intellectual suffering I have brought into your life. Um, But this rant must be revisited one last time, and I'm going to keep it extraordinarily short this time. So, because I've had to repeat it over and over again on the Twitch stream, which has been getting a lot of viewers since we've been doing Metal Gear Solid Five. Um, so forever ago, uh, there was Metal Gear. So- well, there was original the original Metal Gear games, um, but then later on there was Metal Gear Solid, which was a complete reenvisioning of the way that the game could look and play and the play mechanics of the game itself, and it was a brilliant revelation and one of the most important games ever to uh, reach a widespread mainstream commercial audience uh, it established Deo Kojima as a for a lot of years as one of the, the uh, medium's preeminent designers um, directors designers production motherfuckers um Basically, because it had one of the crucial influence, one of the one of the things that made the first Metal Gear Solid game, uh, the Shadow Moses game. For those of you who don't remember it, um, so remarkable was the way it used the controller 
the um, standard PlayStation, uh, let's see, four, you know, two, two shoulder buttons each, each side um, controller to navigate, to quickly navigate your inventory, um, which was extensive, and uh, also to use your combat and um, your combat techniques as well as your movement techniques to evade capture. For those of you who've never played a Metal Gear game, um, go fucking watch a YouTube video, because I'm not going to explain the entire franchise to you. So I loved Metal Gear Solid like I cannot express. Um, eventually I got to review it for the paper when they uh, reissued uh, an updated version of it for the GameCube, um, which was called Metal Gear Solid The Twin Snakes. It had nothing, no new content in it. But that was, we're getting ahead of ourselves. I beat the original Metal Gear Solid more times than I've beaten any other game in my entire life. Well, Metal Gear Solid and its sequel, Metal Gear Solid to the Sons of Liberty. There was an unlockable difficulty mode in both of those games, if I remember correctly, um, where it was like super ultra nightmare, and it was unbelievably hard. I used to be able to speed run that difficulty on Metal Gear Solid the original uh, in under I can't even remember anymore but it was in under a day I collected all the dog tags from which is an exceptionally difficult thing to do uh, from every soldier in both games except for one in both games and did so on every difficulty level we're talking I beat these games combined at least 60 times. Probably 20 to 30 for the first game. Probably 30 to 40 to maybe a little maybe a little more in the second game. Then there were then there were then, then there was a great silence. Um they came out with Metal Gear Solid the VR missions, which was in between the first two games, which is great. Joe Jokemon, Kendall, and I had a ton of fun playing those. Um, but here's the problem. Then they came out. Then I went to E3 one year. I was covering E3 as a, as a journalist. And it was like my... Uh, I want to say it was my second or third E3. Um, and the sequel to... Metal Gear Solid, The Sons of Liberty, after so many years, was finally dropping. Hideo Kojima was dropping the new release. Now, I'm not going to explain to you the plots of either of the previous two games, but Metal Gear Solid 2, Sons of Liberty, ended on one motherfucker of a cliffhanger. More or less. So Snake Eater, which is the third game in the Metal Gear Solid franchise, comes out, and I have to review it. So I beat it in a week. Well, that's what I had to do back then. I had to beat a game a week. And I found it to be the most loathsome and disgusting slap in the face to fans of the franchise that I could even possibly imagine. To say that I hated this game is such an understatement. I I recoil in horror. I revile Snake Eater. 
which is why and because I knew that you know friend compatriot both myself and the show Jeff Jeffy Wise would love it I got the original um, from E3 uh, Snake Eater uh, green vinyl record like for like like it's an LP and it came with a CD insert in the middle which is great it was a single but it was uh, an LP not an EP it was an LP so it was a big fucking thing it was and I gave it to him after I beat the game because I was so disgusted. And that song is terrible. Mm. What made me hate Snake Eater? I will tell you in under one minute. After, you know, like 15 fucking years of becoming slavishly devoted to the franchise, all of a sudden, it was as if Hideo Kojima had just been like, oh yeah, all that stuff, all the seriousness, all the stuff that was cool about the other games, yeah, it was all a fucking joke, and so here's just a big sloppy mess of a non-sequitur, of a fucking raving, deranged lunatic of a fucking game it's like a pastiche of all this bullshit that you know I either wanted to do or I could do it now it was in all fairness the most beautiful game that I'd ever played on Playstation and it still holds up pretty well um but the story was absolute fucking nonsense the enemies were unbelievably lame and they were all like magic users it was ridiculous it was just so ridiculous. It was an affront to everything that the uh, other two games had been and was like him taking a shit and a shit in my brain while he pissed in the mouth of every fucking major fan of the series. And I was a super fan. Um, I am in the vast minority in this opinion, but it does not matter. It is very difficult to argue against me on the demerits of Snake Eater, apart from the fact that it was the most visually stunning, one of the most visually stunning games I've ever played, absolutely the most visually stunning game ever made for the PlayStation um, I think it was PlayStation 2 um I hated this game, it was ridiculous it had nothing to do with Metal Gear so then, another great silence in my life, and now from that point on, I, I vowed Never again am I playing another Metal Gear game. And I vowed that if I saw Hideo Kojima at the next E3, I would punch him in the face, which actually almost happened. I pussied out. I did not punch him in the face. But uh, anyway, that's a long story. That's a different story. It doesn't matter. It's apocryphal. That's apocryphal. So, another great silence descends on my life with Metal Gear, the Metal Gear Solid franchise. Years and years and years go by, and you know, friends, neighbors, you know, assorted people are like, Have you played this? You know, blah, blah. Eventually, I left the paper and I wasn't covering games anymore, uh, for the first time in like five fucking years. So, I played what I wanted for a bunch of years, um, just to play games, which was great. It was a welcome relief after writing for so many outlets simultaneously for so long um and I picked I did pick up Revengeance which I played a little bit of and I thought it was pretty fun but it had nothing to do with Metal Gear and it was it was ridiculous in the extreme it was almost as ridiculous as Snake Eater so you know fuck it then I played a little bit of um 
another game that I can't remember, another Metal Gear Solid game, uh, when I got my Xbox One, which is gone now. It was the best investment I ever made in my life, selling every that machine and every game and every accessory that I had for 250 bucks was fantastic. It's one of the things that led to me doing this podcast. Um... And so I was aware that Metal Gear Solid Five had come out at some point. Whatever. I was vaguely aware of it. You know, whatever. Because over the last four years I've been covering Linux-only games and, you know, Metal Gear Solid, you know, whatever. And I still hated the franchise. So, that leads us to about two or what? Six weeks ago? Seven weeks ago? When I did the Humble Bundle cleansing, when I realized that I had subscribed for a whole year to the Humble Bundle and I had like fucking literally at least 200 licenses to games so I started giving licenses away to everybody and keeping some for myself and among the licenses that I kept for myself was Metal Gear Solid 5 The Phantom Pain just because I and I, this was purely academic my blood feud with Hideo Kojima and with the franchise had not abated not one iota I mean, it was like getting f- fucked in the eye holes was how pissed off I was and my, my anger endured over the decade that intervened. But Proton had come out and so I wanted to see if I could redeem my Steam, my Humble Bundle key um, as a Steam purchase and then play it via Proton just to see if it worked because that would be a useful thing to know because even if I don't like a game or a franchise I don't try to foist that dislike I understand that like there are people who like games for different reasons and they're you know and and I'm aware when I'm a fanboy and like I I used to be a fanboy for Metal Gear so but critically it's very difficult to take apart my positions on Snake Eaters being a horrendously awful game Um, even my best friend and uh, at the time uh, in terms of games journalism was like, are you out of your fucking mind when you read uh, my review of Snake Eater? I'm like, no, I'm not out of my fucking mind. You know, fuck, let's let's bang out premise by premise. You know, what do you got? What do you got to refute me? So I was still embittered, but I need to see if this game worked uh, via Proton. And work it did. And the introduction of the game takes place basically entirely in the first person and it's like fucking 30 minutes long and if you're not in the mood or if you think that you're going to hate the game or if you already are trying to hate the game which I was, I was actively trying to hate every single fucking second of this game you're going to hate it after the first, you know 10 minutes then if you go another 20 minutes and get through the introduction and then you're actually like in control of your character you start to realize that you can't stop playing it because all it takes is another 5 minutes after that first 30 minutes and you're just like this is unbelievably awesome this is unbelievably awesome in fact ex-friend of the show because he won't talk to me anymore Snail Squatch I actually deleted my entire saved game in Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain just to show him the first 30 minutes of this game because it is so indisputably good. 
it is phenomenal. It is like mind bendingly phenomenal. How to talk about this game without revealing anything? Well, All right. This game takes place in 1984. It starts in Afghanistan. I'm going to keep this 100% spoiler free. Snake ha- Snake has lost one of his arms. He's being hunted by a paramilitary force. He's been in a coma for nine years, too. And he's been in a hospital, in a coma. A paramilitary force has been searching for Snake for all of those nine years. And Snake has to Snake has to escape the uh, hospital. get to Afghanistan and rescue another member of his team. He's being hunted by these preternatural boss caliber motherfuckers who are really scary. Particularly the man on fire. And these guys will stop at nothing to kill Snake. He hooks up with a friend who introduces him to the open world construct of Metal Gear Solid 5's The Phantom Pain gives him a uh, prosthesis sends him on a mission to go rescue another one of the members of their merry band and that's it and there you are in Afghanistan 1984 Soviets have fucking locked the shit down. Graveyard of empires. They have locked the shit down. The Soviets are everywhere. And your first mission is to go rescue this old friend of yours. You complete it. You put the band back together and you start building a base. And the rest of the game begins now essential awesome qualities of Metal Gear Solid 5 the Phantom Pain we are continuing with the spoiler free because at the very end of this I'm just going to spew spoilers I will give you an alert I will give you I will give you a uh, a spoiler alert before that happens but uh so what makes Metal Gear Solid 5 The Phantom Pain a game so good that I have forgiven Hideo Kojima for all of his previous sins? You have no idea what that that means. When I told Jeff Jeffy Wise that, he was like, are you fucking kidding? Like, no, I'm not kidding. All is forgiven. Because this game is magnificent. This game is the Metal Gear Solid game 
that um, in a lot of ways that you we had always wanted but knew would never happen at all because it was just too much it was just too complicated it was too ambitious and this game is too ambitious it, it is amazing and it checks off basically every tick box on its ambition list so I've been playing Metal Gear Solid 5 The Phantom Pain for I guess around the last 3 weeks I've played 95 hours of Metal Gear Solid The Phantom Pain I cannot stop playing Metal Gear Solid 5 The Phantom Pain So to give you some framework for how this game plays, and without spo- no spoilers here, the game is a either a, you can think of it in one of two ways. You can think of it as a cross between Grand Theft Auto, San Andreas, and Metal Gear, meaning open world environments with a heavy emphasis on stealth, tactical espionage action, or you can think of it as Metal Gear Solid meets Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, meaning pure stealth in an open world environment. Open world environment being secondary. Personally, I think that's the more accurate description of it. The way the game works is this. You're building this base. You're trying to stop the people who are trying to kill you. You have friends. You recruit soldiers you have a helicopter at your disposal. You take the helicopter into the area of operations, either on a specific mission or a side operation, which are like specific missions but don't advance the story. Um, You research technology at your base by capturing, uh, by, by stealing blueprints, capturing people, researching individual items, uh, using the game's in-game currency, uh, which is called GMP, which you can get for completing missions and/or stealing equipment and then selling it on the black market. Um, you can upgrade your R&D staff. Your base gets bigger. You can pimp out your helicopter. You can gain buddies who go on missions with you. First of which is probably like the the best like just overall utility buddy, which is the oh by the way, and you guys are now called the Diamond Dogs in Exile. That's the name of your outfit, and Snake leads them. Eventually, you can get a uh, cybernetic arm, like a bionic arm, instead of just a prosthesis. That can give you all sorts of capabilities, um, etc. In spite of the fact that the game is open world, I, I mean, it really is pretty much open world. It is unmist- unmistakably 100% true to Metal Gear Solid Legacy. Metal Gear Solid, not Snake Eater. We're talking Sons of Liberty and uh, the original Metal Gear Solid. Meaning, like you start with like a little zip gun that uh, you know fires tranquilizer darts. Um, 
you know, the full complement of controls, if you've ever played them, the controls are different this time because there's a lot more shit that you can do. Like, you can call in airstrikes, you can call in support helicopters, you can call in helicopter exfiltrations, you can use the Fulton device to, uh, you know, strap it onto something or eventually uh, someone or eventually something, including, like, vehicles, cargo containers, etc., and have them zip into the sky and be collected. Um... The biggest difference in this game than any other Metal Gear game is it doesn't really judge you in terms of the levels of your lethality. This opens up just huge, huge, huge possibilities. I mean, the possibilities are endless. There are missions that I've done like side ops and shit that I've done like dozens of times, now like maybe a dozen times now, where you know, something goes wrong and it goes wrong every time in some different way, um, which is awesome. In this sense, the game combines the sensibilities of Hitman uh, Silent Assassin wherein part of the fun is fucking up the mission and then out come the silver ballers or out comes your fucking silenced assault rifle and boom goes the dynamite and here come the grenades, here come the stun grenades um and then you still get out of there alive, which is just amazing mm. there is a bigger emphasis overall on combat in this game than there has been in any other Metal Gear game, which is one of the problems that I, that you know has been perennial to the Metal Gear Solid franchise. In that you get in the first two games, you get like the most deadly equipment, the most unbelievable shit. In the first game, you know, like you really had to just use it where you were like supposed to use it. In the second game, you had a lot more freedom, but not so much. And the, both games were rather short. This game, I'm at 28% completion at 95 hours. Researching stuff takes a long time, takes a lot of resources, takes a lot of money, takes a lot of missions. Finding the right specialists takes a lot of time, takes a lot of missions. Building up your base so that you get volunteers that are of high quality takes a long time, takes a lot of missions. Don't worry, you won't you won't be aware of the time factor. In fact, this game will not just make you late for work. It'll make you... It will make you late for work last week. You'll only realize it a week later that you're no call, no show, and that now this is your work. This game is fucking fantastic. Snake can carry uh, a primary weapon and a secondary primary weapon on his back. The, the secondary primary weapon can be something like a sniper rifle or a rocket launcher, a big gun. The primary weapon can be um, an assault rifle, a shotgun, a grenade launcher, mm, etc. And there are many, 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 many varieties of these weapons. Um, you get your choice when you deploy of exactly the inventory you wish to take with you and exactly the buddy that you wish to take with you personally I like the diamond 
horse, which is not a spoiler alert because that's the one that you start with, there are many other buddies that you can take with you. Some of which I like more for certain situations than others. As for your secondary weapon, your sidearm, uh, you can select a type of prosthesis if you uh, have researched them and that's, you know, your right select and then on your left select you can select a pistol or handgun or submachine gun. This includes the tranquilizer, silence, tranquilizer pistol, um, silence pistols, uh, the varieties are really kind of endless, like you can get hand cannons that actually fire grenades out of a pistol profile. I'm sorry about that, my phone is going off. Um, you can get revolver ocelots pistols, you can get magnums, you can get varieties of uh, submachine guns that range from non-lethal as and they fire uh, you know, like, not beanbag pellets. Shotguns, you can do that. You can get actual beanbag shotguns. Um, I don't really like them. I only have one. Um, it's a pump. Um, you can get combat shotguns. But for your secondary, for your pistol thing, um, the, the, don't be fooled by the pistol profile. It's pistol and, and or submachine, pistol or submachine gun either of which can be extraordinarily deadly or extraordinarily non-lethal. The takedowns in this game and the stealth elements are absolutely crucial. Boldy Lockers said that he was surprised that I liked the game because he thought that it had very little to do with Metal Gear Solid, and I totally disagree. I think this is the ultimate apotheosis of stealth gameplay that Hideo Kojima probably always wanted to do now here's one creepy thing about the way this game is structured you have a map of the area and it's all of like this area of of Afghanistan that's where you start there are other areas you can go to but there are roads and you kind of have to follow the roads you don't have to be on the road but you kind of have to follow the roads and there are checkpoints on the roads and it took me like maybe 70 hours before I realized and then there you know, then there are also giant fortifications of all different types like there are dams, there are power plants there are, there are literally fortresses there are strongholds there are um, air bases there are research stations there are, but all in between are these checkpoints and you have to get through the checkpoints and it took me about 50-60 hours before I realized holy shit this is exactly the way the original, original the first Metal Gear was like, where you went moved from screen to screen except there is no screen now, and it is in fucking unbelievable 3D the graphics in this game are phenomenal um, it uses uh, Kojima's uh, own Fox engine, which I guess he built, or had built for this specific purpose the draw distance is basically infinite. Um, so what does a typical infiltration look like? Well, first you have to be inserted into the area of operations. That means sending your helicopter to one of 
numerous you can pick wherever the fuck you want to get dropped off there are many many places even before you start destroying enemy radar or uh, enemy intel capabilities there are many many places you can land your helicopter some are closer to um, objectives some are farther away blah 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 I always recommend go closer so then you fly in in a helicopter you get out once you're over the LZ then you either hoof it like literally on your feet depending on who your buddy is or what or what you have you can also drop in vehicles if you wish um, to approximately where the objective is then you try to get some sort of perch you want to get some sort of over overlooking area or you can do it in line like if you're all on the same plane if you and the outpost are on the same plane like you're not at an elevated position you can do that too in fact I do that quite frequently it's just not as good because you can't get you can't see as many of the uh, enemy as you might if you were maybe a little higher up Use your scope to do this. Your scope has a directional microphone. Sound is incredibly important in this game. In fact, there have been missions that I would have failed and would have given up on if the sound had not been so good. Um, the directional microphone through your scope, which is like a binocular, but it's it's a you, you've lost an eye, so it's a it's a it's a spyglass. It's a scope. It's a sniper scope. So you zoom, zoom, zoom in, tick, tick, tick. That's it. Fast zoom. Awesome. You look for movement. You spot some enemy soldiers. You scan them once you up, uh, unlock that ability to find out what abilities they have. Um, but once you've flagged an enemy, once you've, once you've identified an enemy through, a, through your scope, you can see that enemy even through walls. They appear as like a skeletal kind of ghostly apparition thing. So once you get into this shit, if you have everyone scanned, you can take out an entire outpost of like maybe five guys, maybe more, eight guys, maybe 12 guys, maybe 15 guys even, um, without them really knowing that you're there. And this is important because until you start really destroying and laying waste to to the enemy's communications network at large, when they freak out, and depending on the size of the the outpost or or the checkpoint, um, when they freak out, they freak out. They will bring in trucks of guys to kill you. Um, and the longer they freak out, and the more dead bodies they find, etc., or the more uh, sleeping corpses they sleeping guys that they wake up, the more alarmed they become, and the more difficult getting past that checkpoint will be. Of course, you always have the op, you know option of, not always, but generally, of just simply bypassing the checkpoint entirely. Same thing goes with like the actual mission missions, like you know, like with an actual objective. Well, you can go in loud, you can go in quiet, loud. You can go in loud, quiet. You can go in invisible. You can hardcore stealth it which generally is what I try to do. Um, Endless tactical possibilities. And the enemy AI, here's one of the coolest things about the game. The enemy adapts 
to whatever tactic Snake is taking to fuck them over. Oh wait, let me finish. Um, so yeah, okay. So you 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 uh, get to you know a checkpoint. You clear the checkpoint or whatever. You go up the road. Then you're at like where the objective is supposed to be. Let's say it's a story mission. So let's say it's like a big facility or something. Okay, there's a big facility. You recon that, kind of the same way. Then you, let's say it's a prisoner extraction. Then you try to find some guys who are like on the periphery of the action. Maybe some guy in a corner, some guy taking a piss, some guy taking a smoke break. You sneak up on him, you grab him, you interrogate them. It's up to you as to whether or not you want to choke them out or slit their throat. Um, you ask him where his friends are. You ask him to tell you where the, you know, where spit it out is like, that's the actual menu selection. There are only two. Spit it out and where are your friends. Um, spit it out will tell you where something is. Generally, it'll tell you where the objective is. Then you have to get to the objective without, you know, setting off World War Three, hopefully. But let's say you set off World War Three. Now you're running through these doors. You are lo- picking locks. You are trying to get to this prisoner as fast as possible. You get to the prisoner. You throw him over your shoulder in a fireman's carry. You get him outside. You drop him on the ground. There are five guys all around you who are shooting at you. You pick him back up. You are taking a lot of damage. You run back inside. You find another way out. Maybe through a window. Maybe through a back door. Throw the guy on the ground. Attach a Fulton device to him, which is a uh, happy hot air balloon um, vest. It's like a rigging with a hot air balloon that sends it up into the sky. Up in the air, Junior Birdman. You listen to their screams, then you turn around, and then you begin eliminating the enemy or running as fast as you can to get the fuck out of there. You call in a helicopter. You f- you zero in on on the nearest landing landing area. You call in a helicopter. You're running there. Maybe you call in your horse. You get on your horse. You're being shot now. You're being shot a lot now. But then you're gone. Or alternatively, you sneak into this base. You neutralize three guards with tranquilizer darts. Interrogate one. Choke him out. Send him up on a Fulton balloon. Then find the find the prisoner, and sometimes the prisoner moves um, without being detected at all and uh, walk out of there, drop him on the ground Fulton him, Fulton him out and then continue to loot the uh, facility or make make a run for it. Doesn't matter you can do whatever the fuck you want as long as you haven't been discovered at that point. Or let's say alternatively, let's say that you've started the shitstorm. Let's say let's go back to the first example. So you get the guy out, you Fulton him out. Prisoner successfully extracted. Awesome. Great. Oh, by the way, let's say you have no Fulton recovery balloons. Let's 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 examine that possibility. Well, you can then throw him on the back of your horse or in the back of your car. Hop on or in, whatever the case may be, call in a helicopter to an LZ, get to the LZ, load him into the helicopter, and then continue on your merry way or get in the helicopter and complete the mission. Doesn't matter. 
every there are hundreds of these fucking missions and every one of them is different every time that you do it just a little different every time just a little different sometimes very different it is spectacular and as you start to acquire arms and armament and in this case literally arms prosthetic arms hence the term the phantom pain Mm. your tactical and strategic capabilities and possibilities for any given mission begin to expand and they expand rapidly for instance this is a mild spoiler for instance eventually after you upgrade after you've captured um, cybernetics the bionics expert actually he can customize your prosthesis if you know you assign him to research those things if you have enough money to research those things you're always researching something at the beginning everything is researched immediately like you know you click it it's like you know it's like cash and carry you know you just like give over the money and bam it's done eventually as you start to research higher level shit um, it takes more time sometimes 18 minutes of real life in game time to 36 minutes to you know upwards of an hour or more one of my favorite things in the game is again Hideo Kojima basically coming razor's edge to breaking the goofy meter it is the rocket prosthesis this turns your prosthesis into a guided you pilot it you guide it it's a guided missile it's a missile fist that you shoot off your arm and as long as it doesn't hit the floor or uh, a wall um, it'll knock anything out that it hits in between there and you can control it you can make it do loop-de-loops once you get good at it I've only gone halfway to a loop-de-loop but anyway mm. so just uh, earlier this morning uh, while I was preparing for this review I was playing the game and I was in a later part of the game and there's this outpost with these seven guys nah, not seven, yeah, no, seven I'm, I, it's burned into my fucking brain I can see all of the little triangles um, there were three and then there were five, yeah, there were seven there were seven guys but we're all on a level playing field they just can't see me because I'm crouched stealth is absolutely important I'm about 50 meters away from the closest one fire my rocket arm I piloted it through the entire fucking camp in under 30 seconds this is not a huge camp it's but it's a big checkpoint um, seven guys each guy you touch with the fist it knocks them out it stuns them it's not as good a stun as it is when you choke them out after you get up close to them then you're but um the whole camp all seven guys stunned none of them saw me I got in I got my fucking thing of five at the end when you're the only two ways that, you, that um the rocket fist end are when you hit a wall or the ground or an object that's not a soldier or when you run out of rocket fuel 
that's one example. Another great example is your standard assault rifle, which has a really shitty suppressor on it. Like, it can only get through maybe half a clip. A little over two-thirds of a clip. Um, before the suppressor wears out and you're just shooting live fire. Oh, yes. That is my favorite thing about the game. So, unlike any other Metal Gear Solid game, the detection and stealth system in this game actually makes sense. The enemies are still as myopic as they've been in all, you know, traditionally throughout all of Metal Gear. They really can't see further than seven meters away from them. Even, like, you can be standing right in front of them. Unless you're making a sound or a noise or something, they will not see you. They will not detect you. In this game, unlike in the previous ones where if you were just detected, then, you know, the exclamation point would go up over their head and then they would pull out their radio to call in backup. That happens too. But first, there is this weird little glowing orb system that indicates the direction to which you might be detected. If you see the glowing orb, the brighter the orb and that, that 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 occurs like in a wheel, like a 360 degree wheel in the middle of your screen. And it's great. The brighter the orb, the, it means the closer you are to that guard detecting you, which normally affords you ample opportunity to tranquilize them or to get the fuck out of Dodge because they have not seen you yet. The best, though, is reflex mode. Reflex mode is what happens if you push that a little too far, if instead of pulling back, you stand up and move towards them or whatever, they see you. But before they get that exclamation point above their head, you go into literally seven times slow-mo. I, you know, it's five to seven times slow-mo. You get about like eight seconds, ten seconds. How slow is this slow motion? Oh, and by the way, the idea of this slow motion is that you can neutralize the target before he becomes alert to you completely. Um, and, you know, uh, alerts the rest of the uh, the base, either by shooting at you with an unsilenced weapon or by simply getting on the radio going, we have a fucking intruder, which is the worst because then it's just like, it's everyone has to die now mode mm. so when you go into reflex mode let's but the best way to deal with it in my humble opinion is to pull out your silence pistol and shoot them directly in the head which will put them immediately to sleep but that doesn't help if there are four guys behind him but how how slow motion is reflex mode is a better question to ask. So with your uh, standard assault rifle silenced, let's say you have it at the ready, you go into reflex mode because you're about to be discovered. It takes about 8 to 10 seconds before reflex mode wears off. Over those 8 to 10 seconds, I can fire maybe 12 rounds through the standard, original, non-upgraded, silenced assault rifle. 
aiming down the sights. Outside of reflex mode, I can empty the clip for that rifle, that assault rifle, in under four seconds. And that's like 31 bullets. Eventually, you'll get bigger clip sizes and better assault rifles with better suppressors. But I can empty the clip in three to five seconds outside of reflex. Now, that brings up the interesting problem of what happens when shit goes tits up. Well, I tend to favor explosives, but for the purposes of this this discussion, if you're shooting from the hip, if you're not aiming down the sights with an assault rifle or with anything, pistols are different. Pistols have a uh, a different uh different uh, targeting reticule what you get is a diamond so imagine a diamond like um, like a baseball diamond okay there are no lines on this diamond because you're shooting from the hip there are only the four points of the diamond if all four points are red or orange that means that if you shoot your weapon at that target you are guaranteed to hit it it's not, doesn't tell you exactly where you're going to hit it. To do that, you have to aim down the sights, personally, which is what I like to do because it's so fast and effortless that you can just fucking shoot everyone in the head, which is a much better way of doing things than wasting all of your suppressor in a blah. But anyway, things have gone tits up. We are on, we're Oscar Mike and it is fucking crazy. We're getting the shit shot out of us. So we throw some grenades. We pull out our fucking assault rifle. We aim down the sights. We blow this guy's head off, this guy's head off, this guy's head off, this guy's head off in exactly that amount of speed. Mm. In very fortuitous moments of, uh, you know, Snake is fucked up and his discovery is going to lead to mass murder. Um you will have reflex for all of that as long as you hold down the aim button for reflex you can get up to you know 8 to 10 seconds of reflex out of it which if you're really good you can kill a lot of people with headshots and the headshots are really 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 graphic and they're really disturbing and they make you feel bad every time you kill somebody um etc The point is, you do this however the fuck you need to do this and accept the consequences. One of the coolest things about the game is that it has a checkpoint system. And this is true even for the um, the side ops, the ones that don't advance the storyline. Because there's a lot of, especially early on in the game, the first 50 hours of the game, which I actually kind of like more than I don't know, because once you get like a magazine-fed grenade launcher that uh, has um, what do you call it? An artillery scope. When you aim down the sights, you can do horrendous things. Um, just willy-nilly. Uh, and the carnage that you're able to unleash is just so
so phenomenal. Whereas in other Metal Gear games, you have anti-personnel mines and anti- maybe anti-tank mines. You got 17 different varieties of anti-personnel mines. You got anti-personnel stun mines. You got anti-personnel sleep mines. You got anti-tank mines that can only be hit by anti-tanks. Only be triggered by anti-tanks. Only be triggered by tanks, I'm sorry. Not by personnel or by heavy, uh, or, or by vehicles. Uh, you got things that are in between. You have stun grenades. You have sleep grenades. You have grenades. You have C4. You have, um, all this shit. It is amazing. The capabilities are amazing. And the map system and the scope system, which allows you to like seamlessly tag targets and they're 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 labeled A A through you know Z. And then they go back to A again. Mm. You can tag them as waypoints and uh, you can follow them and you can see them in the game. It's amazing. So, now we're going to spend the last three minutes. Uh, by the way, this is a full review. I've not beaten the game. Because I'm 95 hours in, and I think I'm only 28% complete. 95 hours in, I'm thinking this is maybe a 250 hour long game. And I wanted something nice and easy to ease us in to 2019 and there is nothing better than Metal Gear Solid The Phantom Pain so before we get to the spoilers and they're very small spoilers but I I zealously guard my exposure to them so I, I would expect possibly I'm not going to disappoint you um what? Alright, well anyway, Metal Gear Solid 5 The Phantom Pain is $19.99 and it says something about after purchasing Metal Gear Solid 5 The Phantom Pain redeem your copy of Metal Gear Solid Legacy I guess I can trade in games now? I don't know what the fuck that means or you could spend $29.99, these are full price for Metal Gear Solid 5 The Definitive Experience which includes Metal Gear Online Basic Appeal Pack Metal Gear Online Battle Appeal Pack, Metal Gear Online Dance Appeal Pack, Metal Gear Online Hero Appeal Pack, and then there are seven seven more lines of that, all single-spaced of other stuff. Metal Gear Solid Five and 95 hours in to it, earns, and this just blows my mind to say this, earns the highest honor that we can bestow here at Best Links Games Podcast, that is the full, pr- it is worth full price, all price, every price, all time, any day, every day, from the past to the present to the future, it is fucking worth full price, all price. It is absolutely Hideo Kojima's best game. I don't know about the ending, though. But it will blow your fucking mind if you've been, if you like I have been waiting for so many years so many years for Kojima to write an apology and a love letter to his fans for Snake Eater this is the game 
And there, and before we get to, all right, all right fine, Ivor. We'll go like an hour and 15, okay? So Ivor's hassling. You're fired, by the way, Ivor. You fucking broke my stream of consciousness. Um, there are sometimes side ops will turn into real missions. And there's something. There's always something that is important and hidden in everything in this game. Not always, always, but 90% of the time. Meaning that the exploration is incredible. The graphics in this game are better than Snake Eater. That's the other thing I would like to say. Now, for the spoiler alert. Oh, by the way, so I was doing this one side op. Uh, This is like... Week before New Year's, I was doing this one side op. It was supposed to be just total simple, easy peasy. Fucking extract this prisoner or get this high ranking soldier. And I interrogated this one guy, and all of a sudden it launched me into a mission, like a real mission, an objective based mission, because I was in position for this mission off the basis of interrogating this one guy. And so what was supposed to be a 20 minute in and out, you know, simple exfiltration for 80,000 GMP turned into a five hour long fucking ordeal, multi-part ordeal where major story elements were revealed to me long before they would have been revealed to me. I'm pretty sure. I am pretty sure. Because I skipped like 20 missions by interrogating this one guy on accident um and oh boy was it a wild ride it was a wild fucking ride one other thing before I get to the spoilers the other coolest thing about Metal Gear Solid 5 The Phantom Pain is that if you run out of suppressors or you run out of ammo or you need different guns or you want a different entire kit you want to change your armor you want to change your buddy you can airdrop any of those things in they take about 30 seconds to drop in you want a different vehicle you can do that it's amazing so now so yes this you need to go buy Metal Gear Solid 5 The Phantom Pain it is phenomenal and it'll knock your eyes out graphically it is so gorgeous now for spoilers turn off the podcast now don't listen to the end at all. Some spoilers from Metal Gear Solid the F- 5 The Phantom Pain. You are not Snake. You are Big Boss. the more you kill the more horns grow out of your head your first lieutenant is revolver ocelot a very young revolver ocelot eventually you hook up with Huey Emmerich Meryl Emma (laughs) yes of of that Emmerich uh, Otacon, Emma, Otacon, Emma. And eventually you find the origin 
of Metal Gear. Metal Gear! My favorite buddy is, as Bully Lockers will attest, Quiet. Quiet is this girl who has enormous tits and is a monstrous, sniping, murderous, preternatural fucking badass. She breathes and eats through her skin. The constant battle in the game is finding just whatever it is the right whatever I mean you will know you'll start to learn and know the right tactical you know in terms of the equipment you drop in with and where you drop in with you can lose helicopters um And it's all up to you. Pick whatever the fuck you want. Game does not care. So, I want to go in with a rocket launcher on my back and a grenade launcher as my primary weapon. And a grenade hand cannon as my sidearm. Fires fucking grenades. It shoots grenades. You can do that. You want to go in, you want to equip quiet with um, non-lethal silent sniper rifle. You can do that. You have to research it first. Take you a long time, but you can do that. You want to go in with a sniper rifle, a silent sniper rifle, lethal, and a... uh, hardcore, customized, you can customize your weapons. Uh, hardcore assault rifle, silenced, with a tranquilizer pistol and a rocket hand, which is normally what I go in with. Oh, and by the way, of course, all the other accoutrements, we're talking, like, literally with, okay, I'm going, I'm thinking of the wheel in front of my head right now. The wheel says uh, sleep grenade at the top, stun grenade at the far right, in between those two, is uh, the ENP um, anti-vehicle mine, which just stuns vehicles. Uh, then at uh, 6 o'clock from there, at 6 o'clock would be, oh god. Six o'clock is C4. Then between 6 and 9 o'clock, um, is my magazine, empty magazines. You have infinite empty magazines. You can use those to throw, to distract enemies, which is fantastic. You don't need any weapons in this entire fucking game. You can just fucking kill everybody using your hands. But so then at nine o'clock is my normal frag grenade, very highly upgraded. So I can carry nine of them or eight of them or something like that. It's ridiculous. Then, uh, then a capture cage, and what's at my 12 o'clock? Oh, I think, yeah, 12 o'clock was sleep grenade. All that shit, and all that shit can be customized. You can fucking swap it out, you know, do whatever the fuck you want. 
So, yeah, it is an unbelievable game. And then the ultimate challenge is to get the fuck out of there after having done whatever the fuck it is, horrible shit that you've done. Um, back to the helicopter. You can call in the helicopter. You can call in airstrikes. You can call in support. Helicopter. I mean, it's fucking awesome. So yeah, that was a very mellow I, I much prefer Quiet to the Diamond Dog and I much prefer the horse to the Diamond Dog as well. So it's up to you, Big Boss. It's up to you. Cheers. I'll catch you next week. <laughs> I I have nothing else to say. Go buy it. Go buy it now. Four or five times. A good idea. Four or five times. Hi there. There is delight in doing things right. Four or five times. It is I, E.B. Farnham. Maybe I'll cry. I'll get you a drink. And if I die, I'm gonna cry. Four or five times. Do you like to play? We like to play. I like you. We like to sing. It only runs on Linux. We like to go. Yaddy yaddy yo. Four or five times. We're gonna have such fun. Bebop one. You're becoming hysterical. Bebop two. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Bebop three. Yaddy yaddy. Four or five times. Matt Damon. Burn everything incriminating, including this building. Burn all the White House pets, and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farnham. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.